1: Good morning, beloved. So good to be with you. I pray that you're well. I always pray that you're well and growing in your faith and having more confidence in God and in the trials uh, that he allows for your purification, for your sanctification, for the sanctification of those you love. We. There's no growth in holiness without suffering, without trials. If you if you're into gardening at all, unless you prune a rose, book ba- rose bush back, unless you tend to your garden and pull weeds, even though it may hurt the plant, I mean, if you can if you can picture the plant saying, "Ouch, ouch, ouch," it's the only way for it to grow up and be beautiful. And God prunes us, whom He loves, He chastens. Now, we have been talking about a um, very um oh, how do I say very important book that was written I think over a year ago, but I just became aware of it uh, shortly ago, and it has to do with our schools. Our children are being ruined, left and right, and those whose uh, where the corrupt media the corrupt uh, curriculum rather of gender ideology as early as kindergarten or even if it's in high school, it should it doesn't belong in the schools at all. And if you send your children to a public school, hopefully no Catholic school has it, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if they do, unfortunately. Um, there are Catholic schools that merely don't teach the Catholic faith. And I mentioned yesterday that many children Uh, when they leave high school and they go on to college, they leave the faith. They think they've left the faith because they think they learned about it in Catholic school where, in fact, they did not. They're leaving a faith they never really knew or had or were taught, either at home or in the schools. And, um, And I used to say it's better to send your children to a public school than a poor Catholic school. At least when they get out of public school, they'll know they didn't have... Catholicism rather than their thinking they had Catholicism when in fact they may have been given a counterfeit. I don't say that anymore. I would say get your children out of public schools, even charter public schools, at all costs. And again, you can send them to a Catholic school only, only if you know and have seen and approve of the entire curriculum. You are the steward of your children, not the schools. You are responsible for what your children learn. And to turn them over to society today on almost any level is to corrupt them, not just to give them a counterfeit to Catholicism, but to corrupt their morals. It's it's truly terrible. And so yesterday, I mentioned this book. Uh, the title is Get Out Now. Um Let's see, why you should pull your child from public school before it's too late. Get out now. And it's written by two daughters of Charles Rich, who is a saint on earth, Mary Rice Hassan and Teresa Farnan. It's, um, it's a, uh, how do I say, it's, it's, a, it's a dire warning to us, not what of what will come, what is already upon us. And I I thought, I cannot read through this entire book to you on the air. We'd be in it for a long, long time. But I found a very wonderful article on Crisis Magazine, I think published last December, by Jim Russell. And um, it's The Compelling Case Against Public Schools. And he goes through this book, Get Out Now. We began reading it, Get Out Now Before It's Too Late. And we began reading it yesterday, uh, not uh, uh, Jim Russell's article, and he says that the authors, these two wonderful women, lay out their dramatic case in three parts. Part one compromises, rather comprises, part one compromises three chapters on the corrupting and game-changing gender crusade that seeks to brainwash our children into accepting the false Ideologies of Gender and Sexual Orientation. The second part has six chapters uh, covering multiple other issues at work in public schools, such as atheism and secular humanism, the loss of our American identity in favor of forming young activists rather than patriots, the way in which parents are rendered powerless by the system, the social-emotional learning affecting our kids, our kids' psychological makeup, fake and failing education, and the inevitable hard truth that parents cannot fix any of this. You know, that sentence of forming young activists rather than patriots. patriots. When I see uh, sportsmen and others kneeling rather than saluting the flag of America, I, I, I want to tell you what is in my heart. They should be exported from our country before immigrants because they are citizens. And if they will not respect that and don't want to help restore our country to all that is good, they need to leave. And whoever won't take the flag I think, needs to be put out of our country. It's their choice. This is the land of the free, uh, the home of the brave, the land of the free, but not a land for people to come in and reject being an American. An American who rejects that now, I think, should pack their bags and leave the country uh, quicker than immigrants. So uh, that's I've never heard that anywhere. I've never heard anyone say it. I just thought of it. When I read this article yesterday, and I didn't say it yesterday, and many may disagree with me, but uh, there's no excuse for, for taking a knee at the flag and not, and not saluting the flag and not um, pledging allegiance to the flag. There's no excuse for someone living in this country not doing that. They may have reasons, but they need to make a decision. While you're in this country, you support the country, and you help it, or you leave, or you leave. Uh, That's my feeling. It's an enormous privilege to be living in America, an enormous privilege. Someone who takes the knee has no idea of history, um, no idea of the history of this nation or of the Constitution. Okay, Um, I'm going to go on with this article now. Readers by no means overlook the substantial third part. There's three parts of this work. Um, Readers by no means overlook the substantial third part of this work. Um, An appendix of insightful follow-up questions. I looked at them all yesterday. It's just, it's an amazing book. It's an amazing book. Um, an appendix of insightful follow-up questions, acknowledgments, and a true treasure of about 100 pages of end notes that provide thorough and hard documentation supporting the accounts and claims presented in the nine chapters. No one, particularly advocates of this failing educational system, could seriously challenge the well-researched content typically based upon the sad and often tragic accounts of real parents with real kids in real schools that have turned authentic education and human formation upside down. Beloved, I cannot tell you how grateful I am for these two authors, Mary Rice Hassan and Teresa Farnin, and for this book, Get Out Now now not next your child is going to start school in a couple of weeks do whatever you can to be home and homeschool them or try to get them into a catholic school but the catholic school must be a good school no sex education at all no gender education at all if they do not teach god's design and god's word Your children should not be there. If you need to quit your job, quit your job. Live on um, rice cakes and pasta and apples for a few weeks. Do something. But save your children. Save your children. I continue with the article. In the effort to accommodate an ever-widening liberal cultural agenda that is robbing our kids of the integrity of their intellects and wills, public schools of every kind across our nation are willingly sacrificing our children on the altar of evil agendas that should be denounced rather than protected. You may say it's not that bad in our school. Well, then you're, you're talking about the degree of evil, not evil. If you send your children to public schools, they are going to be raised by evil, by darkness, by forces that counter God, and that will distort them and corrupt them. Take, for example, Jim Russell writes, the headlong rush into madness that is gender ideology. The first few chapters of this book take on this diabolical re-imaging of the human person exposing the quote-unquote new normal that John can be Jane if he wants to. And teachers, students, and parents, all, capital A-L-L, all must bow to John's expression of who she really is. That which would have been roundly rejected as unthinkably foolish only a generation ago is now viewed as a new and unavoidable LGBT gospel that no one in public schools can opt out from, accepting as gospel truth. In fact, he says, public school teachers form the front lines of this twisted new evangelization, taking place in every nook and cranny of public education. If your kids find their way into a public school classroom on a daily basis, they will be, not maybe, this is not my comment, this is the article, they will be, not maybe, but will be compelled to embrace the diversity of the LGBTQIA taximony that normalizes every imaginable perverse emotion and attraction while relativizing the two truly normal and God-giving identities we call man and woman. Readers, he says, should be prepared for an onslaught of examples. Readers of this book should be prepared for an onslaught of examples of how parents and children find themselves at the mercy of an organized and well-constructed effort To make it impossible for anyone to take a view that does not effectively glorify and endorse the false and distorted views of the ideologies of gender and sexual orientation. While this one crucial issue forms the massive tip of a still more massive iceberg, it is by no means the only red flag in the public school system. Beloved, I started reading this book. And I read some of the examples, and they are so amazing, which is and so shocking. It happens overnight. And, you know, for now, some schools allow parents to opt their children out of some classes. Some schools no longer allow that option. And what happens when a children opts out of a class? When a child is opted out of a class, how do you think they're going to fare with the teachers and the rest of the school? They're going to be um, little neon signs for abuse and um, ma- ridicule and bullying. Um, Jim Russell says, "What about the venerable history of public school hostility toward God and church?" This is a continued reality that has lost little momentum in the grand scheme of the system. Examples still abound of cases in which a family's legitimate rights regarding faith and religion are being trampled upon. Um, I think it was a year or two ago, beloved, this is my comment now, that I read about homeschooling parents being arrested. I think it was in England because they were arrested. They had no right to homeschool their children. I think it's coming. I think we need to do what we can while we can. Jim Russell continues, the extent to which science is being exalted in practically idolatrous fashion will take your breath away. Faith and church fall by the wayside in the public school system, while the dubious claims of some corners of the si- some quarters of the scientific community are there to fill the vacuum and must not be questioned, question God, because we know more than God, uh, but don't question the scientific community, according to those who fanatically uphold these agenda-driven truths, the, the truths, in quotes, uh, with the cultish fervor of zealots. Readers of Crisis—now, this is Crisis Magazine, who printed Jim Russell's article. I get a subscription to Crisis, which is how I came across this. I get it in my box every day, and I I recommend it to you. Readers of Crisis will certainly be familiar with the social justice warrior agenda that also readily makes its way into the public school system, Examples abound in Chapter 5 of Get Out Now, this book, of situations faced by parents in which their children are learning to look down upon their authentic American patrimony and instead adopt the mindset of social justice activism. Unfortunately, we are witnesses to the fruits of this particular form of indoctrination, on an almost daily basis as it shapes the politics and public discourse as well as the social media interaction that shapes our lives. Can you imagine your child coming out of a public school, um, and all of a sudden you're at a, an event, and they've learned to bow their knee, to go down on their knee because they won't salute the flag, and that's they're getting that in public school. They have, they're have ignorant. They don't know what they're doing. Um, Jim Russell continues. Another significant issue in Chapter 6 of this book deals with how the public school system positions itself to empower children and the system to render the rights of parents almost irrelevant. I tell you, beloved, wherever I go, in church as well, in the Latin Mass— I see a disrespect for parents that shocks me no end. There are not too many things in, in life that still shock me. I could see people killed. I've seen people killed, killed by gunfire. I've, I've been with people who have committed suicide. I've, I've seen tons of things. But to watch a child, a young child, disrespect his or her parent stabs me through the heart every single time. The article continues, The system creates alliances with the student against the parent, particularly in the realm of issues involving parental knowledge and consent regarding their own child's choices or thinking. Parents are truly powerless While having their rights and responsibilities toward their children, usurped in ways that put the system, not the parent, in control of the values and concepts that will shape the child's thought and action. And you parents may feel a victim to this. You say, I can't do anything about it. Yes, you can. Get your child out. You are subjecting your child. God has given you that baby to raise for the kingdom and you are turning the child over for e- to evil. I tell you something. I don't believe there's any financial system, any financial need that will, today, in the evil world of today, um, that should make a parent send their child to a public school. I'm telling you that if you uh, don't agree, I would imagine most people don't agree because everyone has a separate situation, but the very life and soul of your child is at stake. And if you think that it's not good, but it's not as bad as some others, you're still raising your child away from God's plan, away from you being the child's authority and to have the child think of a world that's run by those that are against God. Jim Russell says, Indeed, Chapter 7 of Get Out Out Now, that book, gives an in-depth look at just how the public school system quite invasively seeks to shape the very psychological makeup of our children. A case in point is the recent generation of collegiate, quote unquote, snowflakes, which is in great need of safe spaces. They live in fear of being triggered by even the most inane opposing viewpoint. Where did this come from? They are being mass produced via the public school system and psychologically engineered via social emotional learning which leaves rational discourse, critical thinking, and a true capacity for tolerance all in the intellectual dustbin. And I wonder, beloved, this is not new. We are seeing the fruits of this now on a scale never before seen. And we are, um, we are entering a very frightening error, beloved, a very frightening error. Uh, the enemies of God want to make us a socialist cust- a country, and this is, this is uh, on its way. I wonder if some of our priests and bishops come from something like this, where they have been uh, raised a generation of collegiate snowflakes. And I refer to good men of God, holy men of God, who are afraid, afraid of being triggered, afraid of speaking out, afraid of standing up for God and the Blessed Mother and our Christ and their faith, afraid to protect the sheep, afraid of what people will think of them or do to them. That is absolutely tragic. These are our shepherds who are afraid when they are commissioned and ordained to protect the sheep. Jim Russell goes on to say, Chapter 8 takes on the challenge of documenting some of the more egreg-, um, uh, egreg, I can't say it. I'm so sorry. Egregious um, examples of how the public school system props itself up as a successful enterprise, when in fact even its claims of academic excellence are a facade with little basis. In fact, instead, there is substantial evidence of academic weakness at all levels of public education. This, too, jumps out to the reader as ex- as ample reason to get out now. Beloved, when I was, um, I think, I don't know, last year of high school, first year of college, I don't recall. I was to do a paper, um, and it. I did it on homelessness, on the homeless uh homelessness in our country. And through that, uh, focusing on education, I found out, now this is a long time ago when I was at the end of high school or a college course it may have been. Um, what I found out is that in the areas of math and science, math, science, there was a third that the United States rated lower than third world countries. Lower than third world countries. We were so low, and the reason was the lack of critical thinking that our schools, how long ago, I I don't know, I have to think how long ago, uh, 40 years ago, I don't know. Our schools were, um, or 50 years ago, I have to think about it, Our schools were so focused on children memorizing and passing tests, they didn't learn to think. And they're certainly not learning to think now. They're certainly not learning to think now. Um, They're being indoctrinated by a poison given to them by the public schools that their own parents are sending them into. Would you send your child into a prison if you knew that the food would contain poison and slowly, uh, slowly, undetectably put them to death? Would you send them into the prison? Would you say, well, I can't help it because we need the money? Would you do that? I hope not. That's what's happening, sending your child to public school, beloved. There's the music for our break. Call in with anything on your heart, toll free or text one 877 511-5483 or email at mother at com. We'll be right back. Don't go away.
2: LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day, in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com.
0: Weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern for Sermons for Everyday Living, a program that brings you real sermons from real priests on topics important to you and your faith. Visit thestationofthecross.com for details. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at com. Welcome
1: back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. I'm happy to be with you and we have an entire half hour all to ourselves. So give a call in with anything on your heart. And again, it can be about the school system we've been talking about. How do you bring your children home and and save their souls? Um, it, or it could be about anything that's on your heart. It never has to be what we're speaking about. Um, uh, call in or text toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have an email from Johnny who says, please pray for those of us who have trouble giving Our Lady the honor that is due to her. Years ago, I was prayed over by ignorant Protestant evangelicals against the spirit of Mariology, quote unquote, the spirit of Mariology, which, of course, Protestant think... um, is what Catholics do, and what they think they, Catholics worship Mary, and so they call it, it Mariology. And Johnny says, I did confess this, but still have problems with it. I've been consecrated through the Legion of Mary and through the 30 th- 33 days of prayer. God bless you and thank you. Johnny, um, let me just say that there's nothing wrong with you Um I had the same struggle for a few years after I was Catholic. I wouldn't deny the doctrines on Mary, and I could probably teach them to Catholics more than Catholics would understand them scripturally as well, but a relationship with Mary, giving her the honor that was due, was very difficult for me. I think, you know, someone once uh, had a talk that it takes time to become Catholic after you become Catholic. (laughs) It takes years to really become Catholic inside uh, on all fronts. And so um, I met a very holy, wonderful priest and told him my problem. And he referred a book to me which ended my problem on Mary for all time. And the name of the title of the book is The Mother of the Savior. The Mother of the Savior. It's by Father Reginald garrigou Lagrange. I think it's um, on w- Refuge for Sinners' website, I- I'm not totally sure, or I think they're ultimately named Joyful Catholic, uh, The Mother of the Savior by Father Reginald garrigou Lagrange. Um, that book, when I read it, um, I tell you what, when I finished reading that book, I I knew that I was ignorant for sure. Now, ignorance is not the same as being stupid. Ignorant just means you lack knowledge. And not only did I lack knowledge, not only do I lack knowledge of Mary, but when I finished that book, I was convinced that none of us have hardly any idea what our blessed Lord has done in creating his blessed mother and coming to us through her womb. Uh, and coming to us again in his second coming through her. None of us, we have little idea what he's done of Mary, rightly crowned the Queen of Heaven. So that may help you as it helped me. Um, It's beyond the more popular books that you've mentioned. True Devotion to Mary is outstanding. I absolutely recommend it. Um, And the 33 Days to Glory, absolutely uh told us to us other books, but the Mother of the Savior is not as popular reading, meaning it's a little deeper. And uh for me it it worked. So give it a try, Johnny. And but whatever you do, don't worry. Just keep going to our mother and asking her to help you. Um we have an email from Tara who writes, Dear Mother Miriam, I cannot write all about me here but I had a conversion back to the Catholic faith at Christmas 2018. Hallelujah, Tara, how nice. Welcome home or welcome back home. She says, I was away for about 20 years. From the first year of college and thereafter, I tested my faith by other religions and ways of life, contrary to my Catholic upbringing. Boy, did I regret that. By the grace of our Blessed Mother, I came back to the true faith last Christmas, and I am on fire. I immediately wanted to give all and become a nun. I found obstacles to that, though. The main one was that I'm 43, and most orders would not take me. Maybe I can join you someday. I am in Niagara Falls, New York, just want you to know there is someone out there that loves what you're doing and feels it in her heart and wants to give everything for our faith. God bless you, Tara, and blessed be God for what he's done in your heart. And you'll know that 43 is not too old for us. We take women of any age, starting at 18 and There's over a 100. It makes no difference. Uh, You simply need to be free to marry God. So if you've been married and divorced, there's no such thing as Catholic divorce. You would need an annulment. Without an annulment, if your uh, husband is still alive, you couldn't marry another, which would be our Lord. So you would need that annulment, um, a degree of nullity. And you'd have to be physically fit to... um, be able to be outside and walk the streets without a cane for a good hour at a time at least. So, um, uh, and keep our schedule. Um, uh, so you can go online, www.motherofisraelshope.org and click on vocations and you can bring up our full charism and our full schedule. And whatever age you are, if you fit, because you love God and you love the faith, We don't require any particular degree of education, just that you love God and that you love the faith because one cannot impart what they do not love. And so um, if you feel it has to be a call from God uh, because you need to give up everything for Christ, everything. And so if he's calling you to do that, uh, his grace will be more than sufficient for you. If he's not calling you to do that, um, no amount of grace will be sufficient. It has to be God's call. So um, God bless you, Tara. And let me just mention this one other thing. Um, our uh, We sent out a newsletter last week uh, having to do with the assumption of our Blessed Mother, um, but we are sending one out today. It's probably already out in the mail. It went out this morning. It's our summer newsletter, and it's 12 pages And it's huge, and it's uh, hopefully very encouraging. uh, Talking about the end times and the times we live in, you can, um, if you're not, if you're on our email list, you will receive it today. If you're not on our email list, you can go to www.motherofisraelshope.org, click on the newsletter tab, and right on top is a way for you to subscribe. There's the music for our second break, Beloved. We'll be right back after the break. Call in toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or text at that number, um, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. Thank you. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We have this final segment all to ourselves. Still plenty of time. Our lines are wide open if you would like to call in rather than text or email. And our toll free number is 1 877 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the um, Just before our break, I was answering an email from Tara, who came back to the church after 20 years and uh, said she's 43 and most orders won't take her at that age. And I was expressing to her that we will, if she ever wants to give us a a contact, um, give us a call or send us an email. Um, And I mentioned how she might do that um, from our website. But I also want you to know that in this, I mentioned this last week. There are so many people, so many women, who cannot join us, either because they are still raising their children, or they're home with their grandchildren, or they're not physically able, whatever it may be, anywhere. Um, Up till now, you also needed to be an American citizen to join us. That will be expanded. But... um, What we've started, we were going to wait to do this until we moved from Tulsa, but there are so many people who are so confused in our day and want some uh, comfort of being with those who are single-minded toward our Lord and can give direction for them individually and or for their families. And so we have spoken about beginning... uh, uh, and the oblates of the daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel, hope, Mother of Israel's hope. An oblate is a third order, and um, uh, it's an oblation, is to give yourself to God. And so it's a long name, oblates of the daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's hope. So we've shortened it to Mary's, because we're daughters of Mary, Mary's oblates. That's it. You could be male, female, single, family, group. It makes no difference. And in our newsletter. We have a full page that you can cut out. If you get the newsletter by email, you can print it out. It's page 11. Um, And if uh, you get it in the mail, you can cut it out. And if you get it both, you can do what you want. You can make multiple copies, as much as you want. You don't need permission. You can give it to your friends. You can do whatever you want. And um, uh, you'll fill it out, whoever wishes, and send it back to us from this newsletter and we will respond to you, um, and we're going to give you, as our gift, a a full rule of St. Benedict for you and your family. Um, And then you'll get a monthly newsletter, and each one will have a a small step that is doable, not something that will overwhelm you. And unlike a religious congregation, um, the rule of St. Benedict is called the little rule for beginners. We begin again every single day, and you adopt it to your situation at home and work and whatever you have to do. Your family comes first, and the idea is to help you raise your family in holiness, and it's very, very adoptable. Some people cannot do prayers morning and night, so they do them morning or night. Some people can't do the prayers every day. If you do them once a week, maybe on Sunday, and that's more than you've done before, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. So we want to help. All right. Again, if you are not, if you've not gotten our uh email newsletter, and you wish it by email, you can go to our website today, www.motherofisraelshope.org, click on the newsletter tab to the right, and just subscribe right on top, and it'll come right in, and we have people uh, that will send that email newsletter to you. Uh, If you get it by regular mail, uh, we've made up a brand new and very beautiful uh, Prayer to Our Lady, and that's gonna be included in the regular mail paper newsletter, and you're welcome to get both, and that will hopefully will be out by the end of this week. That takes a little longer. It's being shipped from the printer. Okay, enough, God bless you. We had a call from someone who called off the air and left a message to please pray for my friend Jessica, who is considering an abortion tomorrow. Okay, dear one, whoever called in with this uh, to pray for your friend, Jessica, who is considering an abortion tomorrow, um, I'm going to ask every single soul listening to site News, to the Station of the Cross, or on Facebook, or wherever you are, to pray that God will penetrate Jessica's heart and that baby will not be murdered that Jessica will have a change of heart, whether she raises the baby or gives the baby up for adoption. Um, uh, And I'm going to suggest to the person who uh, uh, called in and left this offline, if there's any way for you to get Jessica, if you take her to dinner tonight and take her to the film Unplanned, I doubt she's seen it, Unplanned. It is showing right now at over six... I just looked it up on the break. It is showing at over 600,000 theaters. Over 600,000 theaters. And so all you need to do is type in show times for the movie unplanned, and you will be able to put in your zip code and find out the nearest ones to you. I don't care. Drive an hour if you have to. Do whatever you can to get her to that film tonight and say, Jessica, it's between you and God. Um, it's not simply my opinion. It's not uh, simply Catholic teaching. The reason it's Catholic teaching is because it's God's teaching that uh, that to kill a child in the womb is straight out murder. It is very serious. And no one has a right to take a life, Jessica. Um, I would say, we're here to help you. We will raise the baby. You could tell Jessica that I will raise the baby. Give the baby to Mother Miriam. We will take care of that baby and or make sure that it has. We don't have home homes for little babies born. Um, but I tell you, there are families at our church that where the women cannot conceive. They've adopted children, but they're in tears because they can conceive. And we have many. Fabulous Catholic families who will raise Jessica's baby. So, um, and she doesn't have to worry about it. We'll fly and meet Jessica and get the baby from her. There is nothing we won't do. Try to get her to unplanned. Okay, God bless you. And yes, we will pray. Um, we have an email from Alan who says, Mother Miriam, I was told by my priest it is okay to go shopping on sundays and holy days of obligation well i'm sorry your priest told you that the church has not told us not to so is it a sin to go shopping on sundays and holy days of obligation Um, the church hasn't said it's a sin so i'm not going to tell you it's a sin but i personally think it is and i'll tell you why his next sentence answers it he says i countered by asking the priest if it would be contrary to keeping the Sabbath, if I made someone else work on Sunday by doing that, and he told me it would be sinful to do so. Well, there, well there, beloved, if 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 you own a retail store and you have people working on Sunday, and it's sinful to for you to make them work on Sunday. Then why isn't it sinful for people to go shopping on Sunday? If I go shopping, I am providing the money for the store to be open on Sunday for that person to be paid a salary. Why? How? How? What if you, you know, you say, well, I'm I'm personally opposed to abortion, but I I'm going to vote for that person. You know, I, I can't impose my opinion on someone else. I mean, I know that a congressman or congresswoman or um, presidential candidate, I know they support abortion, and I personally don't, but I can't direct them. No, if I vote for them and they support abortion, I have made the killing of children possible by putting them in office. I am not less responsible for that. I am not indirectly responsible. I am directly responsible because I've helped to put them in office. Same thing. If I go shopping or to a restaurant on Sunday, I am helping people to turn from God and not keep the Sabbath holy. Now, um, that's what Alan said, but the Sunday is not the Sabbath. Saturday is the Sabbath. The church did not change the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. God gave the Sabbath is Saturday. What the church did was change the day of rest from the Sabbath on Saturday to Sunday because the Lord of the Sabbath rose from the dead on Sunday. So Sunday's not the Sabbath. Sunday is our holy day of rest uh, to worship uh, and take a rest and be with family to worship God. Um, the book of Hebrews says that in, in coming to Christ, we've entered into our rest. He is our Sabbath rest. But we haven't changed Saturday to Sunday. We've changed the w- day of worship to Sunday again because the Lord of the Sabbath rose on Sunday. And Alan says that, yes, my priest told me it would be sinful to do so, that is to make someone work on, on, on Sunday. And so Alan says, "Do you think I did a sufficient job encountering the priest? Do you think he got the picture? Any suggestions?" Yes, I do, uh, Alan. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't leave it to guessing to say if he got the picture. I would, I would, uh, put him in a position of speaking truth. If I said, "Father, is it a sin to go shopping on Sundays or holy days of obligation?" He says, "Well, not at all." And I said to him, is it a sin to make people work on Sundays? And he might say, well, yeah, that would be a sin. And I would then I would follow up and say, well, Father, aren't I contributing to that sin if I shop on Sundays, making people work to serve me? And let him say, I suppose so. Let him get there and say it. It's very, very important for people not to be afraid to speak the truth. We have an email from John who says, Hi, I'm glad I can write to someone. My wife and I adopted from Catholic Charities a three-month-old baby boy in 1986. Choosing him was easy, as he has my goddaughter's birthday. I guess God made it easy for us to do that. We knew the birth mother had a mental and nervous issue. We were never sure that what that issue was, but now we know it's autism. It's on, at least on the autism spectrum. Our son has Asperger's. He is our only child. We have had um, 9-11 here at our home at least 30 times. Oh, my goodness, for Asperger's? We've, uh, I guess, on a serious, on the spectrum, I guess it's serious. We've had 9-11 here in our house at least 30 ch- times. The last time he was arrested and then his record was wiped clean. Now, I don't understand what you're saying. Obviously, if he was arrested, he's he's old enough to be arrested. And then his record was wiped clean, maybe because he was counted innocent if he had Asperger's. I, I'm guessing at this. And then the individual writes in 2012, hold on a minute. Um, Okay, John writes, in 2012, my wife had a stroke, which was probably contributed to by our son that day. She has recovered pretty much. However, she is a different person in wife and mother today. My wife always had problems with our son, and after her stroke, it's gotten worse. She cannot deal or tolerate him she starts crying right away and says the wrong things to our son that only makes matters worse. You have to be real slick, sly, dealing with someone on the autism spectrum. Our son is attempting independent living. He is having issues and does want to come to our house and stay for the weekends. He still needs us. The state of Connecticut, it looks like, Has provided him a social worker and a team of social workers, which has helped, but he continues to have issues. My wife has moved some 1,200 miles away to Florida. She is 70. I am manning the fort. My first thought is to find a replacement, Mom, which is not easy. I'm 64. We are not divorced, but my wife wishes me well. Our son lives seven miles from our house. We both struggle with depression and other medical issues. This is a real sad situation. Any suggestions, he says, for your information, since the stroke, my wife has memory issues. Counseling never worked all the best. I will take this up tomorrow morning. But no, do not get a replacement, mom. Absolutely not. And if your son could be cared for 24-7 without his coming home on weekends, that's, what's, that's what needs to happen. So that's the closing music, beloved, and we'll speak to you in the morning.